Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's Reformation Sunday. Tomorrow is Reformation Day proper. Today we remember and we celebrate the fact that over 500 years ago now, on October 31st, 1517, a man named Martin Luther, who was deeply worried about his own relationship with God and about the churches, wrote 95 thoughts, theses, things he believed to be true, that all have to do with one another, and he put them up on a church door so that everybody would see them, discuss them. He hoped to reform the church, to change it a little bit. Martin Luther never hoped to start a denomination of Christianity, much less one named after himself. But here we are. A little over a year ago, Silas and I were in the town where he did that, where he worked and he preached. We saw the door, well, not the original door because they replaced it with one with the 95 theses carved into it. The door where he posted those things, the baptismal font where he would baptize his children because he decided God really didn't have a problem with pastors and priests getting married and having children. We saw the town he lived in and all the people who lived with him as he started this change that brought everything, that made everything different. 500 years ago, there was a huge shift. Of course, as much as we talk and celebrate it, the, the Reformation was not the only change that happened in the Christian church. There was the Great Schism of 1042, I think-ish, when the Orthodox churches split off from the Roman Catholic Church because they disagreed about how power should be held in the highest ranks of the church. Should there be one pope or, a, or an organization of bishops? Once, Silas and I went to a Greek festival held at a Greek Orthodox church in Oklahoma, and they had placemats that had the timeline of their church. And it was different than anyone I'd ever seen, because usually I follow a Roman timeline, and so you have the church, and then the split, and the Greek Orthodox and the other Orthodox churches go off to the side. But on this one, the Greek Orthodox remained the same, and the Catholic church branched off, and then the Protestant churches from there. The church changed not long after it began, we read in the book of Acts that there were great councils and discussions, and even after the decision was made, more discussions about what the people of God could eat. Did they have to keep kosher? Did they have to be circumcised? In our Bible study right now, we just recently finished Paul's book of letter to the Romans, and we started Revelation. And Paul says, it's fine whatever you eat, even meat that has been sacrificed to idols, because you know those idols aren't real. Just don't cause a stumbling block for your fellow Christians. And in, Re and in, the Re in Revelation, John says, if you are eating food sacrificed to idols, you are practicing idolatry, and you must stop. Change abounds in the church. It has from its very beginning, and it will continue to do so until Jesus comes again. Changes have affected this church. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church began here 
1953, if I remember correctly, I wasn't around, began as a Missouri Synod church that would never put a woman in its pulpit. It developed a school that taught so many and raised them up both in education and the faith. And then time changed and that school was no longer the best way to be a mission in this world. So Good Shepherd developed a food pantry that I promise keeps very busy to the point that sometimes we have a hard time keeping our shelves stocked because people are in need of food. Pastors have come and gone, buildings have been erected, rooms have changed. Seventy years, nearly seventy years, can bring out plenty of change in itself. And change happens in our personal life, as you all well know. A year ago, on Tuesday, my life and my husband's life changed drastically. Right now we celebrate because things are going so well, but I remember last Reformation Sunday, I had no idea what the next day would bring me. We have lost people this year. We'll remember them next Sunday. People have gotten sick or moved. Things have continued to change. It turns out this is one of the promises of life and especially one of the promises of a life of faith. Things will change and sometimes, sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it will not be welcome change. It will not feel like a movement forward into good new things. And so this Reformation Sunday, when we think about how God reforms us, I found comfort and peace in the words of Psalm 46. These are the words that Martin Luther was looking at when he wrote our great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. We will not fear even when the earth moves, when the mountains shake in the depths of the sea, when the nations rage and the kingdoms shake, when there is war, when there is turmoil, when there is change. God is our refuge and our strength. Because some days in the midst of everything, we don't have the strength ourselves to hold ourselves up and to keep going forward. But this is our promise. One that Luther himself relied on so much he turned it into a hymn. God is our mighty fortress. Again, in Germany, I visited the castle that Luther stayed in for over a year while he was hiding from those who wanted to kill him for what he was saying and teaching. It was up a long hill. I was very tired when I climbed to it. And it was a fortress guarded by walls and gates to keep people safe. 
but even there, Luther felt uneasy because he did not want to hide away what God was telling him. He finished translating the Bible into German, a modern language at the time that everybody could read. And then he said, I have to go. I have to leave this fortress of safety and go out into the world because I am not done sharing what God has taught me about God's church. He did not need the fortress of Wartburg Castle. He believed he had God's fortress around him. God who, with a word, can break the bow and shatter the spear and burn the shields with fire. God who is exalted among the nations and the earth. God who is our stronghold. Martin Luther knew, and I know, and I read in this psalm that God is with us, especially when everything is falling apart. When changes feel overwhelming and we cannot see that far in front of us, God reminds us to be still. Be still and know that he is God. Know that God's fortress is with us. Change, whether good or bad, it always brings about grief. And it always is a constant in life. In this psalm, we are reminded that even in the worst of changes, even when the whole world feels like it is falling down around our ears, God is present with us. Our refuge, our strength, and our help. So today, as we contemplate the changes in our past, and look forward to the changes in our future, I invite you to trust and rest in that refuge. Know that change cannot be avoided. It will come again and again. That is a matter of life. But we can seek God in that change. We can know that God is with us and we can see as the church eventually saw with the Reformation, with the beauty of the, both the Roman Catholic and the Greek Orthodox Church, with the openness of the earliest church to the Gentile followers of Christ, most of whom are our ancestors. We can see that God is present in the change, that God works changes even what feels like the worst ones for good, and that when everything seems to be falling apart, we are gods, and that will never, ever change. Amen.